What's up, everybody? Dan Urban and Scott Fontana back with plenty to break down on today's episode of the Couchside Judges. We had a ton of fights go the distance on Fight Island at UFC 251, including two of the title fights. While Kamaru Usman clearly cruised past Jorge Masvidal in the main event, the featherweight title fight between Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway had fans fired up. Dan and I watched that fight twice now, and we've both changed our minds from the way we saw the action on Saturday night. We'll tell you why we scored it how we did, and why this win for Volkanovsky was not, not a robbery. We'll have more to say about the rest of the action in Abu Dhabi, including some curious round scores in some of the main car bouts, and a very close fight from the prelim. So we're going to jump right into contested rounds because we had a lot to discuss from the many fights that went the distance here. Uh, and some that even went the distance, or they didn't quite go the distance, but they ended pretty late in the contest. So a lot of rounds to talk about, starting with, again, Volkanovski. He got the win over Max Holloway, split decision. Everybody had an opinion on this one. Some were very strong. Some, like you and I, were a little more tempered. Uh, ultimately, you and I had saw this fight for Holloway on first watch, correct? Yes. So I had rounds one, two, and three for Holloway, and you had it was round I had one, w- two, and four for Holloway. Correct. So nobody nobody is really disputing the first two rounds of this fight. Everyone knows Max Holloway won. He got some some solid knockdowns near the end of both of the first two rounds. I don't think it was a a, cl- a lopsided round by any stretch either one of them, but but it was a round that nobody was mistaking it for a Volkanovski round. No, absolutely not. Definitely Holloway's round. So let's go on to round three, four, and five here, because this is where the debate starts. Starting with round three, which again, first time I watched this, I saw it for Holloway, and you saw it for Volkanovski, as all three judges did. After rewatching, though, I ended up flipping, and I joined all you guys on the Volkanovski side. Yeah, I thought, actually, of the final three rounds, this one was the clearest of three, four, and five, as opposed to what is the popular opinion, thinking this round was the ultra, ultra, razor-thin round. I I don't know if this was the closest round either. Yeah, I and it's funny because I actually did go for Holloway here. I think it's still close. Holloway had some moments, um, but Volkanovski, he really was effective throughout. Yeah, the, I'm not saying this round wasn't close. I just don't think it's as close as people are making it out to be. I really think... The commentary sways it that way. Bisping in particular, yes, he definitely was seeing it this way. So I think a lot of his opinion, you know, even if people are going to say, no, he didn't sway me, you know, it's still in their subconscious, you know. It's true. And, you know, I don't even know. Maybe that had to do with me, too. It's really hard to say. Uh, But, you know, again, this was a round where we should point out for anyone who really wasn't paying attention or doesn't maybe even understand what the argument here is, Holloway you know, was landing really well with with a lot of everything, including his leg kicks early on. But Volkanovski, even in the first two rounds, he was still landing those leg kicks like he was in the first fight that they had back in December. And I think in round three is where it really started to pay off for him because not only is he throwing those leg kicks, but he's also landing some good punches in this round, this third round here. Yeah, Volkanovski finally started to put things together. It wasn't just, you know, one-off strikes anymore. And I just didn't see Max landing with as much oomph as he did in the first two rounds. And I thought Volkanovski was definitely the more impactful striker. I think it was just the fact that you're starting to see Holloway really slow down because of those leg kicks. I think that really had a big impact on on the action here. His leg was so red. It looked like he was hanging out by the pool and forgot to put sun put forgot to put sunscreen on his leg. It was I mean it was that it, red. It was very red. It was very red. You're right. 
Uh, but yeah, so obviously now you and I are all united with the judges. Volkanovski takes round three here. So we all see it 29-28 in favor of Holloway going into round four. And round four, I always saw this as a Volkanovski round, and I didn't change my mind. Did you? Yes. I, as we mentioned, I had Holloway when I watched it live for this round. Right. Uh, but I thought this was such a, a close round. On, on my second watch with no sound, I ended up scoring it for Volkanovski. But this round to me was so close that I think if I watch it five more times, I might have a different opinion each time. I think we could probably say that about probably all three of these final rounds here. I, you know, I'm not going to watch it three, four, five times in the next few days. But yeah, I feel like I could probably watch this again and come up with a different opinion. And the fact that that is a thing in this fight really drives home the point that this was not a robbery. Oh yeah, for sure. Like if you can go either way and you're not sure, if you don't have a definitive answer each and every time, and it's the same guy, how are you going to say it's a robbery? The R word is is kind of a, a dirty word in MMA. If if uh, if you ask Dan and I, it's just it's not something that we need to be throwing out lightly. There are robberies, but it just doesn't happen very often. You hear us talk about this, you know, time and again on our show. But it, people like people like to throw it out. They just they get mad, they get fired up, and I, and I understand it. But I I don't think I don't think we see a robbery here at all. It's just a close fight that can go either way. And you know I get you know I get it. it this is sports. Everybody has their favorite everybody probably maybe even bet on it so they got their biases in every which direction so that's also swaying their their decision on how they're seeing fights so there's just there's just so much outside things and also i don't think many people understand the criteria all that well no no i agree i i think there are, there's definitely a disconnect between the understanding of not only the criteria itself but how judges actually use the criteria because you know, when we started this endeavor, this this podcast, you and I, Dan, we read the criteria. We thought we understood the criteria. We've talked to people since then that have helped clarify our understanding of the criteria and how they implement it. The judges, officials, people that we speak to. And and I think it's helped our, our education process. And most people, almost every single person who's watching the fights at home, they don't they don't do what even we've done. And we're still behind the curve. Yeah, we're a bit spoiled in in actually being able to talk to some of the people we have to help our education process, but we also seeked it out uh, to educate ourselves better, so we know exactly or know more of what we're talking about. And it just it's just not that that many people are going to seek it out for sure. But you know, to be clear here, I don't think going back to round four for Volkanovski, I don't think it was takedowns that ended up pushing anything into his favor. The, any that stuff didn't really way in for me as i think he won it purely on the strength of his striking output both kicks and punches they were both effective just it was was in uh round three this time when i watched it i saw bigger negative reactions off of the strikes volkanowski was landing yes the takedowns meant almost absolutely nothing it's almost as the same result as if they were standing in front of each other and no one threw a strike because he takes him down it's just a position change he never passes guard max stands right up there's no strikes thrown Nothing offensive came of it. I see a close round. I, I actually do. I see my I totally accept a minority argument for Holloway here. So when you get you know, you changed your mind on Holloway, but I don't think it would have been wrong to go Holloway here. But you know, on my card, on my scorecard two point I'm looking at a tied fight here. And that's what all the judges saw too. So going into round five, both you and I had this one for Volkanowski when we watched it the first time. I did not change my mind. Did you? I did. I went Holloway in round five. Okay, so you actually ended up going back to Holloway and still giving him the victory. I still have Holloway winning 
again, this isn't, like you said, another round that I may I watch it tomorrow. Maybe I think Volkanovski took it, but I thought Holloway landed better throughout the round, and I did not give much weight at all to the final takedown sequence. It was more, to me, it was more of an appearance of offense as of actual offense, and I just didn't see that being enough to sway me off of Holloway. I thought Volkanovski actually had done enough even before that final sequence. However, I do disagree. I think he... Maybe I watched this three, four, five times and I feel differently, but I did think that he landed some solid strikes at the very end. So I continue to go with Volkanovski in this round, which means at this point, I'm really feeling confident here that 48-47 Volkanovski is is totally my score. Yeah, that, and that's a fair score. I The one thing I do, I believe pretty heavily, is if this was Pride scoring and we scored this fight as a whole, I think Holloway takes it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I do too, but even even at that, having watched it the second time, I was saying that right up until the point I watched this fight again. I actually was saying the same thing, but now that I've watched it a second time, I don't know. I mean, you can almost revisit the way rounds one and two kind of occurred because I believe from my interpretation of it that those leg kicks ended up paying off for Volkanovski. So even as he was losing because of the knockdowns and because Holloway was having some good offense himself, he was still kind of setting up the win later. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough call. Yeah, that, that, that is a, uh, it's a good point you make, but it's hard. And you know what? Look, I don't think you and I are pushing for pride scoring to return anyway. So no, we're it, not. it's moot. It's moot. But yeah, I mean, this was ultimately, this just comes down to being a really close fight. You have it for Holloway. I have it now for Volkanovski after originally giving it to Holloway. How could I be mad if you went one way or the other? I don't think he can be. This is just such a, a close fight. You know, even though they were fighting hard, it's still on the fighter to give the judges something more if they want us to go their way definitively. Yeah, I thought Holloway yeah, could have 100% pushed way harder and taken the rounds uh, at the end, but he really took the foot off the gaffs. No, not to cut you off, Dan, but, but you reminded me of something that I really wanted to make a point on because it occurred to me, especially the second time I was watching, Nobody has been a bigger supporter of open scoring than Max Holloway. He flew all the way out to Kansas from Hawaii on his own dime, according to Adam Rohrbach, the commissioner of the Kansas uh, Athletic Commission, flew out on his own dime just to come out and support the fact that they were finally doing real-time scoring, as they call it. And I think, especially in this fight where we had it was 2-2 on all three cards going into round five, if he had been told that, which is what he really wants, maybe this fight is different for him. And I, and I think that's the real tragedy here. That would have been, I think, pretty sick to see how he would come out reacting, knowing it's tied. And this is, you know, his title, future money on the line here. Legacy. He cares about legacy very much. You know he does. How much, you know, this changes. Like, he's just going to go out there? The same thing for Volkanovski. They both know it's tied. They're both going to come out there. And I, I don't think they fight the same strategic type of fight that they were having i think they might they push a little more take a couple more risks they sure might i mean you never know uh there's there's really no way to know but i mean those fighters deserve to have that tool at their at their disposal they they really deserve to know where they stand so i don't know maybe max really was thinking to himself man i really got to take this round five i don't know if i've been winning these last two rounds maybe he's not but you know he wants to know we already know that yeah so if there's ever been an argument for open scoring during the era of uh, of COVID-19, I think this is it. And I hope we hear from Max very vocally pushing for open scoring once again. Yeah, that'd be nice. But you know what? This wasn't even the main event. The main event of the evening was 
Kamaru Usman getting the big win, like we said, over Jorge Masvidal. Not a very close fight. Not very close at all. This was Usman from rounds two through five, easily and handily, you know, taking out Masvidal, who took the fight on six days' notice. But yeah, this was an Usman fight. He controlled it throughout, pressing him against the cage, getting takedowns when he can. You know, landing those heavy body shots that we saw against uh, Tyron Woodley. Really, uh, really effective. It, it was a very smart strategy against a, a short notice fighter, especially one who is more known for his bursts of offense rather than than his sustained offense. Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy. Trevor Whitman, he's uh he's a he's one of the best coaches, might be the best coach in MMA. He's telling Usman he has 10 bursts left in the entire fight, which I thought was pretty remarkable. That was an interesting uh, a little tidbit of information he gave his fighter there. I I, I, I was interesting and I don't think he was necessarily wrong. No, yeah. How much? How many times did Masvidal get to burst after that first round? Not really, not that many. You know, speaking of the first round, though, actually, to get back to contested rounds here, round one, this was the only round of the fight in which the judges weren't unanimous here, and two out of the three actually went kind of against the grain of everybody watching at home. Now, is everybody watching at home correct? I don't know that. Probably not. Maybe we are. I don't know. But David Leatherby was the only one to give round one to Jorge Masvidal, whereas Ben Cartledge and Mark Collette went 10-9 for Usman. How did you see this one? I definitely went Masvidal. He started the round landing good shots in one of his bursts that he used. And even when he got taken down, he was still throwing pretty hard shots, I thought. I mean, uh, Kamaro did uh, bop him with a with an elbow that basically shut that down, but they were back on their feet. And I thought throughout the round, Masvidal, I mean, obviously this was his best round. But he landed. It was the his, better It was strikes. really his only good round. I think this is a situation where people, the majority of people, understood the criteria. Where you know, just because someone gets a takedown or they're controlling someone against the fence doesn't mean they're winning. I could see someone saying, "All right, you know, I think Usman won because he did have those strong body shots against the cage towards the end." He did it. You know, I saw a minority argument even when I was watching live for Usman getting the the round here. But I really, I I have to say, I've you know, we watched it twice. I've watched this twice. And I do still feel like Masvidal was just much better at distance. He was landing also in the clinch and from his back. So if you're grading around as a whole, I think you're still going to give Masvidal the edge here. So I side with uh, with Judge Leatherby here rather than Cartledge and Colette. But again, as much as it maybe looked bad to go Usman here for some people, I don't think it was egregious. No, I, I don't think so either. But if um, can you imagine if Masvidal avoided the clinch and the takedowns i mean he would we'd have a new champ because he was he was that much better at distance he was he was i think we all knew that look he's he really does have some boxing that even boxing trainers look at and they're like man that's really good <laughs> you know you don't get a whole lot of that from mma fighters who didn't box professionally before no for sure no i mean he definitely learned a lot in those backyards he did he did Cre- you know credit to credit to usman for the strategy um Again, we're we're not talking about a crazy round to go that way, uh, to go Usman's way, but I think you and I both still feel pretty good about Masvidal should have gotten round one here, but only round one. So it's kind of pointless, right? It's a little moot. There's no argument to be made for Masvidal in any other round. No, definitely not. So, and, and nobody seems to. I think everybody kind of came off the, the edge uh, of feeling, oh man, Masvidal, he's going to take it. And then they realized, oh man, wrestling is part of this too. And this month's <laughs> really, really, really good at that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, let's let's move on though. I actually want to get to this fight here. 
And this is a fight that I thought every round was close. And that's from the prelims. Muslim Salikov getting the split decision win over Eliseo Zaleski Dos Santos, a.k.a. Capoeira. How did you have round one, first off? Round one, I scored for uh, Capoeira. Okay. I originally had it for Salikov, and then I switched to Capoeira on rewatch. Yeah, you know what? I thought this round was largely uneventful, but Salikov had the edge until a straight right hits him right in the forehead, stumbles him, they end up on the ground, and... Right in the last 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Right at the end of the round, uh, pretty much uh, Capoeira steals it, basically. with. I thought that was very good ground and pound. I didn't think it... I actually take issue with with you saying an uneventful round. I thought it was was tactical. They were, you know, they weren't quite in in the... flow of the fight yet they were still warming up to each other but i really did think when salikov was throwing he was landing and he was landing very hard i you know they were they were stiff strikes they weren't strikes that were putting zaleski in trouble but they were landing they were finding a home and i thought they were landing very solid and and not that he wasn't taking some back you know that this wasn't like a blowout round when i first watched it though i really was seeing a lot more of salikov than than probably I should have seen some of what Capoeira was doing before that knockdown. And I, I kind of discounted the knockdown. But after I rewatched it, I got to say I was wrong there. I, it, this was this was definitely a, a Capoeira round. But I really thought it was it was a cl- good Salikov round until the end. And it flipped. See, I, I just didn't think they were throwing all that many strikes. Like you said, maybe they're feeling each other out, which I'm writing off as uneventful. But really, the the one strike that sticks out is inside leg kick early. And that spinning kick that partially strikes uh, Capoeira. Yeah, I thought really that's really all that Salkov landed that I felt was that significant. Okay. I kind of, you know, I'm kind of underwhelmed by this fight. I I, I kind of thought it was going to be a bit more wild. I thought it was fine. It, you know, it was, it was tactical. It was, it was, I thought it was fun, but not exciting. You know, I think it, it was kind of more, this was catered to like the true you know, old school, traditional martial arts fans, not necessarily mixed martial arts fans, if you know what I mean. But having said that, you know, I I really just want to point out the fact that this was a reasonably close round, but definitely, and, and so definitely not some sort of lopsided 10-9, but that I really do wish I could have had this one back uh, on my card. But you know what? My card doesn't really count, so I'm going to take it back. It doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> I can do that. Round two, though, I, I still feel good about giving this one to Salikov. And and you went the other way though. Yeah, I, I another close round. I, I just thought ZDS landed better. Okay, I think in this round Capoeira had the highest spot. There was, a, I believe, it was a kick that he kind of had Salikov a little off balance, maybe not off balance even, but just had him, you know, on his back foot a little bit and got it back up into the cage. But I thought all the other high spots in the round were Salikov. So I'm fine with this one going either way. I have no problem with you giving it to ZDS Capoeira, whatever you want to call him. But I, I feel good about this one still being a solid call round. And I did end up agreeing with two out of the three judges here, too. So for whatever that's yeah, worth. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I have no issue uh, at all. It's very close round. Round three, though, I flipped again, actually. This was, I don't know what I was doing in this fight. Maybe maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset. Okay, I, was... I think this this round was probably the clearest of the fight. And you gave this one to Salikov. yeah. And I actually gave this one to ZDS. It was the only round I gave First time to ZDS, but I did flip and see it your way the same way all three judges did for Salikov. Again, mea culpa on this one. I 
maybe I'm not watching it as closely as I would like to be uh, at this point. I don't know. My kids are not in bed yet. You know, it wasn't quite <laughs> there. So, hey, you know, I'm not getting paid to do this. <laughs> but yeah, so I, ultimately I ended up going back to Salikov here. I just didn't rate Salikov's lands as strongly as I should have the first time. Capoeira, he, he really didn't do quite as well in this round. So I, I don't, I definitely felt like I should have flipped back. And that's why I'm going to here. So I think but, he actually you know, took so it. Ultimately landed up on the same side. What's that? I think he took this round. He went after it, this one. That's yeah. That's what I think the big difference was for the for the entire fight, as opposed to the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, because I flipped twice, but I flipped for opposite fighters, I still ended up with 29-28 Salikov as my final score. And I feel okay with that. I, I really do feel like Salikov was the better fighter in this fight. But it was a close fight. I'm I'm not mad if it went the other way. No, it was I I just I thought it could be a, could have been a better fight. You didn't, but it was fine. It, it was, you know, for rating fights on a on a five star scale, I don't know, maybe it's a three, but two and a half. fine with a, a three out of five. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Yeah. You know, let's move on to lightning rounds. You know, we had a lot of rounds in this event. So let's just kind of go through really quickly here. Starting with Rose Namajunas. She got the win over Jessica Andrade by split decision. Round one, though, was the round that I think a lot of people were like, uh, I don't know if Jessica Andrade did enough to take that round. And, you know, everyone mostly agreed that Namajunas had that round. You and I both did. Mark Collette was the judge who went for Andrade here. I want to say this is the worst score of the entire event. I don't see okay. Andrade winning this. I don't see an argument for it. On rewatch, I saw it a little closer than I remember. I still feel Thug Rose was the clear winner. Um, you know, she was just she was landing that great jab, landing some short combinations, you know, some one twos, countered well, bloodied Andrade's nose, and you know, Andrade she hit hard, especially in the middle of the round. I just didn't think it was enough, but at least the right woman won. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, it, it didn't end up mattering. I, I, again, I see a minority argument for Andrade now, but it's it's it really not a strong one for me. Uh, what about Raulian Paiva getting the win over Zalgas Zumagulov? Zumagulov. Zalgas Zumagulov. I can't say these names, but I, I mean, I do my best. But man, these are tough for me. Uh, how did you see round three, though? This was kind of a, you know, Paiva won round one. Zumagulov won round two. How did you see round three? I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority. I saw it for Zumagulov. But the thing is, I, I got to learn how to deal with these long pauses in the middle of rounds due to fouls. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, this was, it throws this was me a tough off, one in round three. And it ju- you know, it just throws me off. So I couldn't be totally wrong by thinking it's Zumagula, but when when the round finishes, I'm think- I, I'm remembering most of his offense, or I'm misremembering it because it, there's just such a, you know, we're not focused on five straight minutes now. We're focused on like three minutes and then a five-minute pause followed by two more minutes of action. That's like, I mean, it's hard to just keep going back. I don't think you're in as much of a minority as you think. Although all three judges and myself went for Paiva here, I I saw a lot of people up in arms about this. This this is another fight that people really didn't agree with, but I think people forgot about because of Max Holloway. Uh, but I, you know, I I watched this one twice. I got the chance to watch this one twice, and I I really thought that Paiva was was just landing a little more crisply. He was on he was on the attack more, but I don't think that's something that you weigh here because that's. That's technically aggression, and judges almost never use aggression. You know, if if you're sitting at home and you're trying to factor in aggression into your score, you got to understand that the judges are not. They just aren't. Yeah, it has nothing. That weighs very, very 
It weighs nothing at all. So, but having said that, I mean that that would be something in Paiva's corner. But but again, that's not why I gave that to him. I just thought the offense from Paiva was was a little bit better. I do think Paiva should have lost a point for the low blow. He. Uh, yeah. For which one? The first one or the second one? For the second one. You know, I wouldn't mind if he got one taken for the first one, but I definitely for okay. the second one because, I, you know, just because there's five seconds left doesn't mean, you know, he doesn't deserve to lose a point. He just fouled him after being told, keep it up. And we had a five-minute pause in the action. Comes back, hits him with a knee, and, you know, that's a low blow. It's, it clearly affected him. It looked like the ref was going to stop it, but then, you know, the time ran out. I think that would that would definitely or should have definitely been a point taken for Paiva. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's tough. I to get back to the actual score of this one. You know, I thought it was a very close round. I see a good counter argument for Zumagulov, and you know, for you going that way for him, I get it. But you know, I I still feel Paeva won the round, and, and I'm okay with my round score, twenty nine twenty eight. The judges had it that way. I don't think it's that big a deal. So let's move on to the other couple rounds we we have to talk about. Real quick here with Cal Rosa getting the decision over Vanessa Mello in a very lopsided fight. Round three was the only round that I think anyone disagreed with as far as judging here. You and I both had Mello winning this one 10-9, whereas two out of three judges, Leatherby and Clemens Werner, had 10-9 for Rosa. I didn't think it was a very good round for Rosa compared to Mello. I thought Mello was actually pretty active here. She knew she was losing, I think. And she knew she had to go out for a finish. She was definitely landing heavier shots. She was. And, and she was down by three points after getting a 10-8 in round two against her. So she had to know. But, I mean, look, if, if we're arguing about whether Rosa deserved this round and she's down three points and she's getting one point back in her favor, we're kind of shouting into the wind about something. Why are we getting boiled up about yeah. it, right? Yeah. Final round from lightning rounds we got to talk about is Davy Grant getting the win over Martin Day by round three KO but in round one there was some split here day was given the round from Ben Cartledge and Vito Palilli the two judges there whereas Mark Collette had 10-9 for Grant how did you have it I scored it for day yeah me too I thought Grant I thought the most significant thing he landed was early those leg kicks I think he hit about three of them but you know he gets dropped late not that this weighed anything but we learned that his jaw was broken in that round so yeah, I mean, I do think that the highest spot was was very high for Day and that he didn't have as many high spots, but I I think it was enough that you could go that way. It, it was kind of one of those, eh, I could take it or leave it as far as that was concerned. Uh, but the second round in this fight, actually, to bring us back to our, or to bring us on to our 10-8 watch, is round two, one of the judges went 10-8 for Grant. It was uh, Vito Pellilli again here. How did you see this round? Did you have it as a 10-9 or a 10-8? I had it as a 10-9, but I also made mention that we would have given this a 10-8 with our uh, CSJ criteria. I agree. I, I think it was close. Didn't quite get there. Lopsided 10-9, and this would be a 10-8 in our system, yeah. And the other potential 10-8 to be talking about here was round three of the heavyweight fight, which Dan is not going to discuss. He has taken a vow of silence. He really hated that fight. I actually took a pause. From this fight, watching it live so I could go say goodnight to my kids because that was more important than watching this terrible fight between March and Tabura and Max and Grishin. So I'm going to tell you right now, we didn't have a 10-8 round three here. I'm sorry. I disagree with David Leatherby. I sided with Mark Collette and Anders Olsen here, 10-9. I also want to point out, though, in round one of this one very quickly, I thought this was actually a good example, in my estimation, of a round that was even 
on significant strikes and grappling so that I actually did implement aggression here. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to find out the answer to that, but this was a fight that this was a round where I think 10-9 Tabura based purely on his aggression and searching for the takedowns. I think that was really what it is, but uh, you know, I think you could probably, you know, split hairs on it, maybe figure out a way that somebody won the striking here. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's probably more words than a fight like that deserved. It was. <laughs> well, let's go on to real quick undisputed rounds. There were some fights where the judges absolutely nailed and they deserve credit for doing what they're supposed to be doing here. Peltzer Young getting the championship victory over Jose Aldo. He won. He was up 39 to 37 before the round five beat down that he delivered on Jose Aldo and referee Leon Roberts allowed him to take for far too long. That was definitely on its way to being a 10 seven. That's how much of a beatdown it was. I think it might have been, yeah. Because there was literally no offense from Aldo. He was just covering up for essentially the whole round. Yeah, even John Anik said, I don't think this qualifies as intelligent defense. No, no, it really didn't. And, you know, we were getting commands from the ref saying, fight back, you know, do that kind of thing. And you'd see Aldo move somewhere else and then continue to take the beating. That is not intelligent defense. Going somewhere else to be beaten up is not defense. It's it's a shame that it happened. I think Jose Aldo deserved better than that. But credit to Peltrian, he looked fantastic in that fight. He's going to make a great bantamweight champion now. Yeah, he he looked awesome. And he deserves to fight Aljamain Sterling next. Aljamain Sterling deserves to fight him next. I don't know why Dana won't commit to that right now, but like it's got to happen. It, he's it, he's it, just ludicrous I to go another way. I don't know what he's what he's even talking about. I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I think he's playing games. That's all it is. Yeah. And, and obviously, it's getting to Aljo. Aljo doesn't deserve that. He deserves the fight. End of story. But the other two fights that the judges totally nailed were, and this was actually a, a, an interesting one, Leonardo Santos getting the unanimous decision victory over Roman Bogatov. And the reason why this was interesting was because he got the win 29 to 26. And you don't see that very often. But the reason he did is because in round three, Bogatov lost two points in one shot for a blatantly illegal knee after repeated low blows as well hats off to mark goddard for taking two points before he yep. took the two points i said that's definitely a point deduction i actually don't care if you take five points for that knee and then i was actually wow he actually took two points and i you know i, I applauded him he's my mvp of the night based on that <laughs> right on top official for sure I, i've i've been a big supporter of mark goddard especially in recent years i think he is the best referee working right now i really believe that he, did, he had a great night here, especially, you know, taking two points. I didn't even know they were allowed to take two points, to be honest. I wouldn't have minded if he just disqualified Bogotov at that point. Yeah, that, that would have worked, too. But the only reason that this ended up being a 9-8 round for Santos is because Bogotov actually won the round before the deduction. He would have been 10-9, but then instead he lost it 9-8. I was confused how I even write this as, because I wanted to make it clear that I thought Bogotov won the round. But even though he's got less points. I mean, he points, did win the round, but so then I, he I didn't lost how, the round because he lost points. That's how it works. I didn't know how to write it. Oh. That was, I was nine, just so it's, confused. It's nine to eight it. for Santos. That's how yeah, it works. Yeah, I, I, I got that. Uh, yeah, I don't overthink it. Yeah, I overcomplicated it, but whatever. <laughs> and then the other one that the, the judges nailed, this was only one round. Uh, Vulcan Ozdemir was winning round one against Yuri Prohaska before he got flatlined video game style by the Czech newcomer. And that was my favorite finish of the fight too, Dan. Yeah, this was a sick knockout. Like you said, video game-esque. 
but yeah, the, for me, I was I was really excited to see Prohaska. He's he's obviously a, quite a character in the cage. He's a lot of fun. I've been anticipating his debut since January. I told you about it back at the time, and, and you kind of were like, oh, okay. And now you yeah. see. Yeah, you also said, you know, he's going to be a contender, automatic contender right now after that knockout. He sure is because, I mean, what happens when you beat someone who's in the top six or seven at a division? I mean, you got to jump right in, right? Yeah, especially in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite finish, though? Was it, was it that, or did you have something else? No, my favorite finish, as awesome as that was, uh, my favorite finish was Amanda Hebus. First round armbar of Paige Van Zant. That was Dan very slick. Dan will always slick. pick a sub, by the way. If there's a sub, he's picking it. Well, also, but this was very technical, very... It was. Very it was. sound armbar. My honorable mention will be the Anaconda Choke by Mach 1 Amir Khani, which was also pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Both first round finishes, yeah. Why don't we mention Davy Grant's knockout, because that was pretty wild, too. Yeah, it was awesome. It was. Uh, you know that that brings it to to the end of UFC 251. Did you did you have a top judge though from the event? Yeah, I had David Leatherby as my top judge, and I weighed this heavily because this man was put cage side for four of the five main card fights, including three straight title fights, which, as we all know, are five rounds each. This is a ton of work, you know, to be doing as a judge. The focus yeah. you need for this is crazy. I can't believe that they made him do or they assigned him to three straight title fights yeah i mean credit to him herculean effort for sure i i'm impressed with the man and and i agreed with almost everything that he put out there so he was definitely one of my top judges of the night too well now you know we have no more events where there's three straight five round fights so you know his workload it shouldn't be as difficult going forward god i hope not yeah they give give uh give leatherby a break you know he's good but you know, let's let's not you know, let's not run him dry, okay? It's dry out there in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, he turned in twenty three rounds. I mean, not, no one in Vegas during the Apex run even hit twenty, I believe. No, I'm not sure, but but yeah, I don't believe they had quite that workload. Impressive stuff from Leatherby. I also liked Ben Cartledge here. He there was only one round he and I disagreed with, and that was Usman round one. But you know, again, I see a case for it. I'm not going to go crazy. Otherwise, we had seventeen rounds that we saw in common. So. You know, 17 yeah. out of 18 that if, if you and I are in agreement way more than 90 percent of the time, how can I uh, be down on that? Yeah, right? for sure. Shout out also to Anders Olsen, who had 10 out of 10, same as I did. So if we're simpatico, you also get a name mention. Good job, Anders. <laughs> yeah. uh, was there anyone you were kind of down on? As yeah, far as the judge? I mean, not terrible, but uh, Mark Collette, mainly because I, I just really don't see Andrade round one. And OK, so it was, it so, was mostly from that. Yeah. I didn't see it quite as peculiar as I did the first time. I still think it's a minority argument to go on Drage here, but he did also have Usman, which was also kind of a minority argument here. So I don't know. You know Colette's a veteran judge. I don't want to sit here and tell him he's not a good judge because the man knows he's a good judge and he's one of the best that we have internationally. But, you know, minority scores, in my opinion, and, and even among his judges, he was the minority scorer in Andrade. For sure. But, you know, to be fair, too, the judges took a lot of crap, especially from Dana right after the event. I don't think there was a real bottom judge or bad judge or anything like that. I think the judges here were very good. And they're going to be back for the duration of Fight Island, so you might as well get used to them. I don't think it's going to be any different. Yeah, I think Dana's true beef was Leon Roberts. It more, should be. More with the, the referee than the judge. Be. And he probably saw a bunch of flack on Twitter, so he just fed into that. I def I definitely think that Roberts deserves some ire here. That's for that fight to go on as long as it did with Aldo taking the beating he did. I know he's a legend, and I know you want to give him a chance, 
but you gave enough chances. You, you, you told him what he, what to do. You told him what to do. He wasn't doing it. He was not responding. End it. Yeah. Save him. It was funny listening to Bisping say, you know, you know, he's never going to tap to the strikes. You know, we lost already. Just stop it. I know. That, I don't always agree with Bisping. I don't always agree with Bisping trying to influence the action in the cage as he started to do <laughs> recently. But I think he did the right thing here because it was about the safety of a fighter that he respects. Yeah, for sure. What about uh, coming up here? We've got another Fight Island event in a few days. We're, we're, we're right on top of the next fight here. It's on Wednesday night with the main event of Calvin Cater against Dan Ige at 145 pounds. You like this one? This this is a crazy fight. Uh, Dan Ige is so fun to watch. Calvin Cater is so fun to watch. Yeah, they come to bang for sure. Cater had that, you know, he had that awesome knockout of Jeremy Stevens two months ago. <laughs> yeah, that a was... week later was when Ige got the judges nod over Edson Barboza. I still maintain that Barboza deserved the win, but it was a close one. That was, yeah, that was a great fight. I know these two are, the guys are going to attack each other, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty vicious. I, I don't even know how who to pick. I think I'm just gonna pick. This is gonna be a great fight. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a pick here, at least not right now. Um, but I do think the winner is probably gonna be very close to a title shot here. I, I don't know if they would be able to jump the line over anybody, especially Cater, because he would still have to sit behind Zabit Magomed Sharipov. But I think I'm really happy that we have five rounds on this one. Yeah, this should be. I don't. I don't know if it's gonna last five rounds. Both guys are pretty tough, but. Yeah, this, I think this because they're be both fun. tough, I think they might yeah. both need it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. This is going to be kind of one of those, you know, very sneaky, you know, maybe it probably won't be enough to overtake some really amazing fights for fight of the year conversation, but it's going to be a really good one. I bet you it could end up in the top 10. We'll see. Uh, but but unfortunately, the rest of the card is a little bit lackluster in terms of star power. Yeah, I was struggling finding a, a fight that I'm excited about. What'd you end up going with? Who's your, who's your after the main event? What do you want to say? Jared Gordon versus Chris Fishgold. Oh, that's a good one. So Gordon, you know me, former CFFC guy, a local promotion in our area. He you came do up love from there. CFFC shoutouts. So you know, I, I like watching those guys come up. Uh, interesting fact: all of his corners have tested positive for COVID. So I don't know if he's going to have anyone in his in his corner. Actually, I do. He is having Paul Felder in his corner because Paul Felder stepped up. Paul Felder is the man. Paul Felder, also former CFFC guy. That's right. So <laughs> I'm sure they circle. really know each other. Uh, and also, Fishgold caught my attention. You know, I never really seen him fight, but he has a ton of submissions. And, you know, I love guys that have submissions, so I'm excited for it. But what about you, Scott? What, uh, what fight are you looking forward to? Okay, well, mine actually has local ties as well. Jimmy Rivera versus Cody Stamen. These are Bantamweights, but they're going to fight at 145 pounds, a.k.a. COVID weight. Uh you know, Jimmy Rivera, he's he's a fellow Jersey guy like us. He's actually from the same county I live in. Uh, never met him, but, you know, I'll, I'll root for anyone from North Jersey if if uh, if I'm able to have rooting interest. I am happy, though, that Cody Stamen, he gets another fight so quick because, as we remember, he was in the cage a month ago, just days after his brother had tragically passed away. So I, I'm glad that he's had a little bit of time to grieve before he gets in. But obviously, he's comfortable jumping back in there. So good for him. And he fought a good fight in that fight, so he did fight a good fight. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredibly gut, gutsy performance, and you know, I I hope he and his family are doing well in 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 terms of recovering. I, I can't imagine the loss that they are dealing with in their lives, and and I'm sure continue to deal with. You know, it's hard to root against anybody here, but not only that, these are two awesome bantamweights, and I think we're gonna have a really fun fight because they don't even have to cut as much weight, so it'll probably be even better. Yeah, this should be a good one. 
I, I can't wait for that one, actually. That that's there aren't as many fights on this card that I'm looking forward to, but I am looking forward to this one. That's everything we have from this UFC 251 edition of the Couchside Judges. With the UFC making a quick midweek turnaround on Wednesday, we'll be back again at the end of the week to discuss the judging from that one, as well as look ahead to the weekend's fights. Brace for a busy fight week, my friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Couchside Judges, as well as myself at Dan Urban MMA. Follow me on Twitter too at Scott underscore Fontana. Take care, guys, and as always, stay healthy and safe. See ya.